You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now... Ready, set, let the sparks fly. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chuck Carlson for We Hold These Truths Speaks Out. I'm talking about the issue of our recent vigil that we held at Congregation Emmanuel Synagogue on September 7th. It's very unique for us to go to a synagogue, and we have been to 150 churches, and I think maybe this is the second synagogue. We were extremely well represented there by Tom Compton, our Phoenix area coordinator, and Craig Hansen, who is the California Outreach Director. Present also at this function was two organizations that were essentially protesting what was going on inside, and they were both, curiously enough, Jewish organizations. One is uh, old friends called Jewish Voices for Peace, and another is a youthful organization quite a large one called If Not Now. Now, our purpose in going to a synagogue is, in this case, as Christian people, we, of course, would like to see the people inside become Christians, but our purpose there is to call attention to the fact that this synagogue is apparently not promoting peace in the sense that we would like to see it promoted. And like most synagogues, is generally in support of the Israeli occupation of the Palestinian people. So this fits into our mode of being peacemakers. It's our interest to see world peace. And of course, the oldest and longest standing occupation in the world today is the one that goes on since 1948 in Israel over the Palestinian people. We're going to begin with Craig Hansen, who is our man in California and who organized this effort and a very significant effort. And we're going to ask Craig a few things about what went on there. First of all, Craig, I understand that we had a friend inside who listened very carefully to what was going on inside, where an organization called Christians United for Israel was represented by a Jewish man named David Brog, who was lecturing to the people inside about why evangelical Christians support the state of Israel. Perhaps you'd like to tell us a little bit about what went on inside. Uh, Then we're going to also ask you about the two other groups who were there holding protests, one being Jewish Voices for Peace and the other being If Not Now. Maybe you can give us a little idea of why these two organizations were there. Were they there in the effort to promote peace, or did they have some other agenda? Craig? Well, Chuck, a, that's a big mouthful of agenda. You're right that most synagogues support Israel unconditionally, and that's to be expected. You mentioned David Braun, who is Jewish, but he's the executive director of Christians United for Israel. So if you see a little conflict there, you're exactly right. His mission and what he spoke about is Christian Zionism, why evangelicals support Israel. And that was the message he was trying to get across 
to his Jewish audience, who at this congregation is a very liberal, progressive Jewish congregation, and so as far away from Christian evangelicals as you possibly could be. And the interesting thing, you mentioned that, yes, I did have a friend inside. I also had one friend who wasn't able to get inside because the guards, and there were guards outside the temple, they saw him talking to me, and they recognized that he could be associated with us. And so they barred him from entering. It's a free public gathering, but since he was talking to us on the sidewalk, he was barred from entering the meeting. One person was able to enter, and it was interesting how that happened, is that a man driving by had his window rolled down. He appeared to be Arabic, and he was screaming at the synagogue in response to the demonstration or signs out there. Don't know exactly what he was saying. He was visibly upset. And Patty, would you like to describe that event? What I got out of that, Craig, is that even though we couldn't understand, I didn't even know what language it was. We couldn't understand the words, but we could hear the pain behind the words. It was anguish. It was like he was crying. Like he was. But I, I describe it as he was screaming. Um, it was like a silent scream for justice. That's what I heard. And the significance about that is that my other friend uh, was actually contacting me, but when he was, this gentleman was screaming out of his car, all the attention, the guards and everybody were focused on this man and driving by in the car, and they, the guards did not see the contact between my other friend and myself. Had they seen that, I'm sure they would have uh, barred the entrance as well. The message that comes across, and I, I, think, uh, I think we'll probably have the link on the website to what the Jewish newspaper published. It was a fairly accurate description of what took place inside the meeting. And what the only thing they left out is this reporter did not mention we hold these truths at all. They talked about the 15 member of, if not now, on the sidewalk, but he did not choose to mention us in the article at all. And I was kind of concerned about that, and which brings up the question that Chuck asked, are these people on the same agenda or not? This reporter spent about 20 minutes with Tom and me and asking very pointed questions that we had answers for and describing what we hold these truths to believe, why we believe Christian Zionism has gone off the rails as far as Christianity and basic Christian theology, historical to Christian faith. We discussed that at length, and then he chose not to mention us at all. Craig, could you give us some idea of what If Not Now was all about? And uh, then Jewish Voices for Peace was there. What is the issue that Jewish Voice for Peace has with the people inside the synagogue? Why were they there? Uh, the same question for If Not Now. The thing is, both of the organization have in common is that they support Israel. They support Israel as an idea, as a political uh, entity. They just don't agree with some of the practices. So both organizations definitely are anti-violence, anti-occupation, and they want to see peace. So they do share that in common, but they also share the legitimizing of Israel as taking land from the Palestinians originally. They support that idea that that Israel is their homeland, and that's the thing that they have in common. If not now, they're against Kufi. Christians United for Israel, John Hagee's group out of San Antonio, Texas, because they see Kufi as anti-Jewish in that Hagee has a Jewish theology. It's called dual covenant theology. He also has preached that God used Hitler to get the Jews out of Europe and into Palestine. 
which is very offensive to the Jewish community. And he's made some pretty inflammatory comments throughout the years concerning the Jewish people as a group. However, Jewish Force of Peace, I don't know if they didn't speak out specifically against Kufi. They did speak out against the signs that we saw, like Islamophobia, homophobia, you know, typically putting Christian right values on Kufi and saying they're, they're against those. So I don't know, Patty, would you like to add anything to that? No, because I was close to one of the protesters from Jewish Voices for Peace when he was explaining to people, to passers-by, who were, you know, wondering what was going on. He explained that they were against the speaker, David Brock, that he was very offensive and that and he was saying shame on the rabbi for having David Brock there as a speaker from Kufi. So they're, they're anti-Kufi and specifically this speaker. Yeah. As far as what went on in the meeting, I think you have to take what Brog said at face value. If he's not just being kind of a, a charlatan of sorts, if you take him at his message, his message to the congregants there at Temple Emmanuel is let's look at these Christians as righteous Gentiles. It's people that have a heartfelt love for the Bible, a love for God, and they want to express it. And they, they see, of course, the Genesis 12, too, it's always, you know, I will bless those who bless thee and curse those who curse thee. They see that literally applying to the nation of Israel today. They see all of that, and they're legitimately trying to serve God. And Brog was trying to make that message that don't just throw these people out as crazy, that they really do love God, and they're, they're loving Israel based on their theology. So he did give a history of how dominion theology, replacement theology was prevalent in the early days of the church, but the whole idea of, of Christ killers and the, the crusades, the Inquisition, he talked all about that, and how that basically evangelicals reject that, and they see the Jews as God's chosen people, that they want to serve them. He made the comment, how many of you that are not Christians have ever heard of Corey Ten Boom? And, you know, that's about five hands went up. Most of the people did not ever hear of Corey Ten Boom and the, and the stories of Christians who, because of their faith in God and because they believed that the Jews were the chosen people, they were serving God by protecting the Jews from the, the horrible atrocities in World War II. I have a question to interject here. Both inside and outside, do you get the impression that these two organizations who are present as well as the people inside, the Christians United for Israel people who were being represented by, by one David Brog, that they are really taking a pro-peace, anti-war posture? Or is this really an issue about is Israel doing the right thing to the Palestinians or the wrong thing to the Palestinians? What is the issue that all these people are talking about? Are they really pro-peace and against war, or is it something else? And then I'd like to ask Tom Compton to also answer that question. As far as pro-peace, I can't say that as across the board. I think it's pro-peace as far as they want the violence to stop in Israel, and I don't see any constructive plan on how to do that. They don't want the violence, but they're not willing, that I see, is to make any concessions that would stop the violence. It's somehow they want the violence to go away and they don't want to be a part of it, but I don't see any, any constructive way. Uh, these, these, are the, these are the roads. This is a roadmap to peace. I don't see that. Uh, but it's, it's trying to support the Jewish state and say they want peace. And, I, and like I said, I don't see any roadmap to that. 
I think that's more true of this, if not now. On the other side, it was interesting that this article in the Jewish paper that mentioned the opposition only mentioned, if not now, it did not mention Jewish Voice for Peace. In our experience with members of Jewish Voice for Peace, they are genuinely concerned about the occupation in Palestine, and I would say are interested in peace. Now, I can't tell you exactly the extent, but the people that we have dealt with and the two fellows that were with us, they basically associated with us. The If Not Now group was half a block away at the end of the temple and conducting their own activities down there. So we're talking about two different groups, and, of course, what at the top doesn't always go down to the bottom, but the two individuals that joined us from Jewish Voice for Peace, I think were generally concerned about peace in general. They understood the war issue, I think. It was interesting in the fact that the If Not Now group rejected us. They didn't want to even be associated with us and resorted to some name-calling, actually. And uh, So the bottom line, I think, the takeaway from the, the vigil this is the second one, and actually the same two fellows from Jewish Voice for Peace were with us at the first one in San Francisco a, a few years ago, and they both are very much concerned about the treatment of the Palestinians and, and the injustice there. In fact, one of the executive members of Jewish Voice for Peace this summer Actually, three members of Jewish Voice for Peace was not allowed to come into Israel as part of an interfaith group of people. There were five uh, that were not allowed to enter into Israel. And so, you know, that is very interesting, the fact that Israel would not even let a rabbi in and two other Jewish people in. Tom, obviously, uh, we have a lot of work to do with these Jewish organizations And we've made progress with Jewish Voice for Peace because they are talking to us. And as you say, our observation is that they really are for peace. They're for peace everywhere. And perhaps the reason that they were at the synagogue. What about Christian Zionism? Do you feel that these Jewish organizations who have problems with uh, what Israel is doing to the Palestinians, do they understand what Christian Zionism is? and what it does, and are they deluded about what Christian Zionism is, do you think? Or uh, do they understand it? What's your opinion? Well, Chuck, I think maybe Craig can answer, but Craig reached out to If Not Now, and they categorically rejected his offer, and they wouldn't even talk to us while we were there. So they smeared us and painted the same brush as Christians United for Israel. So it was very curious from our standpoint. But I think one of the things that I would take away is that uh, we're glad that they were, uh, maybe not all their motives is the same as ours, but the fact that they were actually challenging the synagogue. They wrote a, a very good letter to the congregation, uh, Emmanuel. It is with This gravity and open heart towards our community that, if not now, young Jews calling for an end to American Jewish support for the occupation urge you to cancel your event entitled Christian Zionists, Why Evangelicals Support Israel. We invite you to join us in programming more suited for our community in this moment and for our future. 
there's obviously an element of truth in what they're doing and thinking, yeah. and it, it makes a wonderful uh, opportunity for us because this is a national organization, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes, we, it is. It, don't we need to dedicate our efforts to explain to them uh, how Christian Zionism is not really Christianity, and uh, that uh, they shouldn't uh, try to shouldn't paint us with the same brush as they do uh, Christian Zionists inside the synagogue. That is such a good point, Chuck. What you just said. That is such. I wish I would have thought of that. That is such a good point. I tried to go over and listen to what they were saying, and they rejected me too because I have my sign that said Christian apostasy enables war. And, you know, they were nice to me, but what I took from it was that they're very histrionic. It was more theater than anything else. It was drumming and singing songs and kumbaya and holding hands. It reminded me of millennial hippies. That would be the closest thing. Their parents were probably hippies or their grandparents. <laughs> they, they are a young crowd. We love young crowds, don't we? <laughs> well, I like the fact that there were so many of them, and it drew attention. And I always say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So, but that, I wish I had thought of that. What you said that please don't paint us with the same brush. We're not Kufis. We are Christians united against Kufis. Right, and of course these organizations need to get a better understanding of the total war games that are going on at Engulfus of which Israel's war against the Palestinian people is by far the oldest war and the most continuous one, but it is also the least active and the smallest one that's going on. And we have major war zones all over the world that are basically being fed by the same kind of propaganda that has allowed Americans to ignore what's going on in Palestine. We're also ignoring what's going on in Syria. We're ignoring what's going on in Yemen. We've ignored for 30 years what's going on in Afghanistan. And, of course, the poor people of Iraq, their country has been completely destroyed. So Christians could have prevented all of these things had they stood up and demanded peace and pointed out that other Christians should look at Jesus' posture as the peacemaker and demand that their members look to our politicians, our governments, our bankers, our leaders, our war-making establishment as violating the very most fundamental and basic of Christian principles. And, of course, I think everyone would agree that's why we were there. We were not there to try to convert these people to Christianity, though I think we'd all like to. But we are there to tell them what Christian principles are, and then they should be able to figure it out for themselves. Frank, do you have any closing words? Yeah, uh well, the if not now, and this is where watching them and their, their message is that we Jews do not support this murder, these atrocities going on in our name. And I applaud that like you do. I wish there were some way that we could energize the evangelical youth to stand up in these Christian Zionist churches and say, no, this message is a message of war. This doesn't reflect Jesus. This, this is not gospel. This is not historic Christianity. What you guys are preaching from these pulpits is not right, and we won't be a part of that. And I would love to see that, and I don't know of anybody out there that, that's doing that to the young people. Kufi on campus is going just the opposite way. They're taking their message to college students with their Kufi on campus and trying to motivate them to take a stand for the war effort in Israel. So that's my prayer, is that somehow 
we could see the young people raised up in evangelical churches to take as much of a stand as if not now does. Great. Those kids are an example to us. And Tom, well, actually, we've got David Jacobs, one of our veteran vigilers that was along. (laughs) David, do you have an overview of what you experienced at the vigil? With what Craig said, we've got a big job. I agree with him that starting with the youth, and their understanding of the Bible and what Jesus taught is a place to start and for their eyes to be open to that. And I was standing down on the corner and people crossing the street there, you know, busy intersection, and um, they were asking me why we were there. And I was telling them about if they knew about Christian Zionism or Zionism in general. And all of them did not. They didn't have any idea what it was about. And so talk to them that it's a, you know, that's a destructive lobby, you know, within Christianity that is fomenting the continuing, you know, the uh, oppression of the Palestinians and the apartheid programs and things and and disrupting the peace process. And and that those those were the kinds of things that I was uh, talking to them about. And so, um, you know, and, and encouraging, well, do an online search of Christian Zionism. There's many, many things written about it that uh, would uh, be informative for you. You know, spread spread that word to your friends. It's very easy to manip- manipulate the scripture if you're not reading it and understanding it and, you know, asking the Holy Ghost to teach you and give you wisdom with it. Very well said. But one of the lessons I learned I took away is that we certainly need to keep our focus on the Christian churches and now that there are some Jewish people that are uh, attacking the issue, uh, we, we're glad they're doing it. And uh, we hope that people that were with us from Jewish Voice for Peace, that they'll be dialoguing with, if not now, people. And uh, maybe they'll help get them uh, all going in the same direction here. One comment I'd like to make, too. Again, the title of the message was Christian Zionism, Why Evangelicals Support Israel. And I would have loved to have about five minutes on the stage next to David Brog and be able to say why evangelicals support Israel. It's bad theology taught by theological seminaries that have been corrupted. So the pastors, they're just preaching the message that they were taught by these theological seminaries. And the basically is what you were saying, David, is that they, they're not getting the true word of God out uh, that the, the message of, of Jesus is not is not being taught, and so they're able to be swayed uh, by these people who have this uh, Christian Zionism, which is a modern phenomenon as far as this can kind of the late 1800s when it started coming into the church. So uh, I would have loved to to talk about that, but obviously we didn't get our chance. But hopefully we'll be able to get the message to, if not now, I would love to get a dialogue with them. Obviously they're on the opposite side of the political spectrum. They think differently than we do. But as far as this with Kufi, we are on the same page. But another highlight for Craig and I also was that there was a couple that came up to us, and the man was from Haifa, and he had been raised as a Zionist. And then he understood what was really going on. And I'm so thankful that we were there for them, and we, we got to really, really witness to them. And for that man who stopped and was yelling from his car, I'm glad we were there for him. I have my sign that said, Christian apostasy enables war. And we got a lot of thumbs up. We got a lot of horn honks from people. So in general, 
the support from the public on the road was on our side. Great job, all of you. I'm so proud of all of you, and Tom and Patty and David. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.